Foster here, and welcome to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I am the creator of the Big Brand Formula and president of Jerry Foster Branding, where we specialize in working with service-based entrepreneurs who want to create a big brand and a strong message that sells so you can excite, delight, and ignite your market and make it easier to get clients. So, Please stick around to the end of the show and we will share how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, let's go. Okay, welcome everybody to the Brand Ford Leadership Podcast. I'm Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the branding evangelist. Oh my goodness, I've just been having a wonderful chat with my guest today. She is awesome. I found out that she also went to USC for her graduate work. I mean, she's a she's a rock star at what she does. So I just want to welcome to the show, Dr. Lakia Cherry. How are you? Hi, Jerry. I am so good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's an honor to have you here. It really is. And, and if you don't mind, please tell everyone about the work that you do through your company. Thank you for the opportunity. So I'm an executive coach, consultant, facilitator, and I'm a partner at a firm called Evolution, where we do coaching, consulting, as well as investments. We primarily work with startups, um, but we do work with companies across all industries. um, And our whole thing is scaling without losing your soul. Scaling without losing your soul. Yes. <laughs> so executive coaching, let's dive into that. What type of executives, what type of industries do you primarily work with? So I work with a little bit of everyone. So my background is a little bit unique. Um, I have my master's in social work, as well as my doctorate in social work. So I started my social work career as a therapist, slowly was over it, and then moved on to more macro work. Um, I formerly was a nonprofit CEO. I did that work for nine years, and that work was focused on leadership development um, for nonprofit and human services professionals. And then from that role, I saw that there was a need um, for more people of color to have access to coaching, for more women to have access to coaching. So I use the title executive leadership coach because while I do leadership coaching with everyone. I also do work specifically with executives and people within the C-suite. And so I do a little bit of everything with everyone. So I work with emerging leaders, middle managers, primarily on leadership coaching. Then I also do coaching specific to to executives and the needs they have within their organizations and companies. Well, this is very cool because as a fellow person of color myself, I'm curious about exploring that with you. So you're saying that the access to people of color like you and I just seems to be limited in the coaching space or at the executive level space. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah. So there's a racial leadership gap in coaching as well as in every sector. So when I was a nonprofit CEO, 
when I first came into the role, I realized quickly, even though this is the nonprofit sector, there wasn't too many people who looked like me. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was odd because we're focused on social justice. We say we're committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion, but how come at the top, you're not seeing diverse leadership? You're not seeing diverse leadership within a C-suite, but you're also not seeing diverse leadership within boards of directors. So when I decided I was getting my doctoral degree, I wanted to understand what was going on. So I sought to address the racial leadership gap within the nonprofit sector. But as I did my research, I saw that this wasn't an issue that is just specific to the nonprofit sector. You could see it across every single sector. And so when I began thinking about what can be done to kind of offer support um, for leaders of color, people of color, helping to move up the ladder despite the barriers they're facing. I saw that coaching was an avenue. Um, it's not a Band-Aid. It's not necessarily, a, you know, a solution that's going to eradicate some of our systemic barriers, but it is something that can really help to elevate um, people of color within all sectors who are hoping to move up and be successful in leadership. I love it. I love it. So you're working with those corporate professionals, let's say, who were there and they may feel stuck as if they're not really able to elevate their careers the way that others might be able to do. And so you equip them with what the tools, the mindset, what exactly do you do you focus on to help them elevate their careers? All of it. So we definitely start with mindset. Yeah. So beliefs, mindsets, behaviors, because the reality is if you're a one and only within the workplace or you're one of a few, yeah. then that can have an impact on your sense of self, your self-efficacy, your self-esteem. We've heard of imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon. So regardless of how much education or experience you have, if you're not seeing too many other people like you, you can begin to doubt yourself and doubt whether or not you belong and whether or not you're actually good enough. And so my job first is to tackle the person, to do that inner work, um, to reflect back and to help them to see that they are valuable, that they do have the skill sets, that perhaps that they need to shift their mindset and their beliefs, um, while also being realistic. Um, our system was not designed for people of color. And so that's the reality. And so how can you navigate the system that was not designed for yourself without losing yourself? So we're tackling that first and then we're identifying goals. So all of my clients, some are emerging leaders and middle managers who want to move up, but some of them are already there. And leadership is lonely at the top for anybody. But imagine if you're a person of color and you finally made it up to the top after going through all of these different things, experiencing various barriers such as microaggressions, discrimination, hostility within the workplace. Then you get there and you're there by yourself and you don't have the support of your board. You don't have the support of others within your organization. You don't have too many peers across other industries or even your own industry that look like you who can support you. That's when many people will come to me. It's how do I navigate what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing, so that, again, you don't lose your sense of self, but you still show up as the leader that you want to be. Oh, God bless you for that. In terms of overcoming some of those invisible barriers, let's say, that are holding 
folks back. Any tips that you can provide in terms of what you like? If you were to say these are the three main things that they probably should be working on in terms of of how they should be and what they should do so they can have what they're achieving. Any thoughts around that? So first I'd say, remember who you are. Um, And so again, many people, when you're experiencing challenges and barriers within the workplace, it's going to make you feel shame. It's going to make you feel unworthy. It's going to make you feel that you're not good enough. So again, remembering who you are, whether it's through affirmations, whether it's through your family, whether it's through your friends, your colleagues, like you really need to remember that you are here for a reason and you add value and your value is not necessarily dependent on how other people are treating you or how they see you based on your identities. So definitely, you know, doing that inner work to remember yourself um, and remember that you do add value. Next, I would say, seek out support. And so we're not meant to navigate the world alone. And so it's important that you seek out support. Support can be from peers and colleagues, even if they don't work within your organization, um, you can join affinity groups and other groups with like-minded peers, especially of the same race or other identities who might understand what you're navigating because they're going through it too or have been there. Um, Mentors, sponsors, coaches, of course, definitely seek out a coach. Um, And so definitely doing your part to find a community of people who can be there for you. Yes, you should do the work to remember who you are yourself, but also you should do the work to, um, you know, seek out community who can support you. And then next I'd say, um, this is kind of like a tag on to the first part, taking care of your mental health, your physical health, that wellness piece, because one of the things I've noticed is as leaders of color are experiencing and navigating these different things in the workplace, the first thing to go beyond your sense of self is your physical and your mental health. Um, Oftentimes you um, fall into the toxic productivity trap, um, perfectionism. Um, You are constantly striving and hustling for a sense of self-worth which means that you are no longer taking care of yourself. You have less boundaries. You're not going outside. (laughs) You know, you're not going out for walks. You're not necessarily going to the doctor and checking in on your appointments. You're not eating healthy. And that is going to impact you in the long run because if you're not healthy, why does it all matter? Yeah. Why does it all matter? And so at the top of my head, those are the three things I would say. Again, you know, and then with all of those combined, perhaps really thinking about what are your goals? Like, what is your purpose? What are your goals? And is where you are um, aligned with who you want to be and what you want to do and where you're headed? And if not, seeking out support to really assess that and figure out a different plan and a different path. So I'm curious, these professionals of color, are they primarily who you work with? Are they C-level, middle management? Uh, what's going on there? Where, where are you really kind of starting to see this uh, sort of glass ceiling occurring? Goodness. So because of my previous role, um, again, I was a nonprofit CEO and I was responsible for a network. And so because I was responsible for a network, we had over 15,000 people from around the world who were, were engaged with this network at all levels. And so 
because I had that experience, I've been fortunate to work with people, again, at all levels, emerging leader, middle managers, executive. So when I look at my coaching clients, I have some um, who are really just starting off. You know, they just got their first job as a manager. Then I have the nonprofit CEOs who are primarily women, oftentimes women of color, who are trying to navigate the barriers that they're now facing once they finally get this top leadership role that they desired. Um, I've also worked with executives and leaders within the tech space. And honestly, it's all the same, regardless of um, the title or position you have. Um, if you have unique identities that put you in a marginalized position, I've seen that everyone, honestly, are experiencing self-doubt insecurities. Um, they're experiencing microaggressions. They feel isolated and alone. They have poor boundaries. They And they just don't know what to do because all of us need a job for the most part. Unless you were born privileged and wealthy, most of us need money. We need resources in order to take care of ourselves and our families. So when you get this education, you get this experience, you hustle, you get the job and the role you want. And it's not what you thought it would be. <laughs> it's not all glamorous and you're constantly dealing with a lot of barriers, but you can't just quit your job. Many people are then stuck. What do you do? How do I navigate this? And so the benefit of coaching and peer coaching is you're navigating this with other people going through the same thing or other people who perhaps went through it in a prior role and got through it. People who could give you guidance best practices, strategies, information, tools, reassurance, encouragement, but who can also hold you accountable to your goals and continuing to persevere despite what you're going through. Well, you're, you're, you're taking on a societal problem because this is the whole <laughs> thing of uh, prejudice, which can be rooted in folks making foolish assumptions or having limited points of view when it comes to people of color or um, they're just sort of basing their opinions on the fact that you're just unexposed to the professionals of color that you are helping and they're not quite sure how to interact with them. So I'm curious as to where you are with that issue because, it, and by the way, and I love what you do. and. And I'm just curious as to your thoughts on this, because what you're doing, which is significant, is a micro a microcosm of. <laughs> yeah, of a larger systemic issue, Yeah, uh, yes. which ahead. is challenging. I'm not going to lie. It's extremely challenging because, like I said, these systems were not designed for people like you and me. Right. And so when you take on a system and you continue to poke people aren't going to like it. People are not going to want to lose their privilege or their power. All people are not going to want to create access and opportunities for mm -hmm. someone else that may take away from what they have. And so they need to be willing to have an abundance mindset and recognize that they could still have what they have, but let's make room for other people. And so admittedly, when I first decided to focus on this in my doctoral program, it was in 2018. And so 
you know, there were organizations doing work on DEI, but most organizations didn't really start doing this work until 2020 with George Floyd's murder. And so when I first started tackling the sun, I even had some professors warning me. Once they understood my interests and we really dove deep and discussed the root cause of the problem, it was, I don't know, Lakia, are you ready for this? And at, and at first, I was like, oh, I don't know. And I decided, if not me, then who? I mean, I, I need to be the change that I want to see, and I have to be willing to get out there. I've experienced many of the same barriers my coaching clients have experienced, and if we're not constantly pushing against the system to disrupt the status quo, then what? So beyond my coaching that I offer, I'm also a Brene Brown Dare to Lead facilitator, um, so I offer workshops on vulnerability and courage, um, but what I do is because I understand that my lens is unique and different, I offer special workshops. For example, I offer a dare to lead workshop, the courage building workshop, just for black women, because I recognize our experience with vulnerability is incredibly different than anybody else. Yet, in order to access trust and innovation and courage and everything else that you want to access, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to take your masks off, you know, lower your defenses, and it can be incredibly hard. So I talk to them from a vulnerable place about what I've done and what I'm doing, and I work with them to get to a place that they're comfortable with. I'm getting ready to offer one just for women of color. Um, I also do consulting work. So I do work with organizations who are trying to move the needle as it pertains to DEI. And I do workshops on what it looks like to manage an inclusive team, to be an inclusive leader. Um, I'm also certified in psychological safety. So I do workshops and assessments on psychological safety so that people can understand that if we spend one third of our lives at work, all people want to come to work and feel psychologically safe as well as physically safe. And it's our role as leaders, regardless of your race, regardless of your identities, to create a space where all people can feel seen and feel heard and feel that they belong. And so I have a lot of different touch points um, in order to do this work. And then again, just posting on social media, posting data, you know, oftentimes the data doesn't lie. And so when you have facts, <laughs> you know, people are more willing to listen and to entertain the conversation. Well, this is great that you bring this up because, as you know, this is a podcast on achieving brand leadership in your space, in your industry, in your category. So I was going to ask you, how do you distinguish yourself? How do you differentiate yourself from others who are out there who have the same crusade? Yeah, well, for me... I'm not everybody else. And so I am unique. And so I utilize um, social media a lot. Okay. I am branding people um, because I have the experience of doing workshops on vulnerability and courage. I oftentimes will share my story, share my experiences as a way to address the pain points of others so that they can feel seen, so that they could feel understood. And then to let them know 
that I will go through this with them, that this is a journey that we're on together. And so I market myself that way. Not that I'm someone who is educated and has experience and has this magic wand, you know, that is going to solve the issue, but I'm willing to work alongside you um, to support you through this because I'm working through it myself. Yeah. So with the professionals of color that you work with, is it primarily African-American or other brown people or <laughs> So I work with all races, but I do have a lot of black women um, and Latinx women um, who are drawn to me. And so I have clients who are white women, white men, again, all races, but a lot of black women are drawn to me, especially because I am posting um, across social media a lot, which has helped to increase my visibility. So when you see another person, you know, perhaps with a shared skin tone, talking about vulnerability, talking about courage, talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, loneliness, racial leadership gaps, microaggressions, etc., it can help you feel seen and it might, you know, cause you to wonder like, who is this person? Let me follow <laughs> her. Let me find out. So again, with everyone, but a lot of black women and Latinx women are drawn to me. Yeah. I'm glad we clarified that because a white woman who could be watching this podcast could say, listen, I'm, I've hit the glass ceiling too. Yeah. I mean, these are quote unquote white men who are, who are basically in these boardrooms and they feel that they're not uh, moving forward like they want. However, it's a different conversation. We know that. So I'm glad to hear that you work with other ethnicities as well. Yeah, I have many um, white women clients um, who I work with and I love working with. And, you know, they are also marginalized in many ways. And we're talking about the barriers that they're experiencing as well and how to navigate it. I also um, do group coaching through an organization, a company called Chief. And so within Chief, um, I'm leading um, groups every six weeks or so with executive women who are at the VP level. Um, many of these women are from diverse races. And so sometimes we're talking about DEI issues, but other times we're talking about issues women in general face in terms of trying to move up the ladder and navigate what that looks like as a woman. Is that Chief, C-H-I-E-F, Chief? Yes, Chief. Okay. okay, so going back to your target audience, do you work with men at all? I do work with men. Is and so is your sweet spot, it sounds like you're sweet spot of women now. I think women are drawn to me, but I have worked with many men and I love working with men too. Um, I don't know if men are as drawn to me as women, but I would gladly take a male client. I've worked with the men that I have worked with have primarily been men of color. And then when I work with white men, it's typically through, um, say for instance, an organization hires evolution to do coaching within their system. And because we're doing coaching within that system, um, different leaders of all races um, may be assigned to coach. And so in those circumstances, I may get access to more diverse people than the people who typically seek me out on their own. And all of it's beneficial because I'm learning, I'm growing, and I'm helping people to change their beliefs and mindsets and get closer to their goals. In terms of the age, uh, these women or men, are they in their 20s, 30s? Give us an idea of the age range. So I've worked with people, um, I'd say, as young as 30, and I've had clients 60 plus. 
Wow. Yeah. I recently had a coaching client who um, retired military um, founder of a company. Um, and I, I was his first ever coach and it was a beautiful experience uh, because as he's looking to scale his company without losing its soul, um, it was great to talk with him and to talk about, you know, emotional intelligence, showing up as a black male leader in this space, what that looks like, um, the impact of going to venture funds as a black male founder, trying to get funding, um, Again, presence, um, what type of culture do you want to build within your organization? What are you doing? Um, what is your communication style? And are you making space for people to come to you and to share their thoughts, their feelings, et cetera? And so, you know, we worked together for multiple months. And again, I had never coached anyone like him, but it was a great experience. And I definitely coach more like him. Okay, awesome, awesome. Now, there's got to be many success stories of clients that you have. Is there one particular client success story that you are most proud of that you can share with our audience? Yeah, actually. Um, so I just saw a client last night. Um, she's from New York and she's the CEO of a nonprofit. And so I began working with her because one of my former board members is now her board member. And so when I first became a nonprofit CEO, that was my first executive role. So I really had to learn from the bottom up and grow and navigate so many things. And he was able to witness my growth. So this was her first executive role and she's Afro-Latina. And he knew that I would be the best person to support her. And so when I first started working with her, she described herself as kind of hard and not soft. Um, she said, I'm not very pink, so to speak. Um, and she was navigating a change in leadership, um, many organizational shifts and changes due to that change in leadership, but also trying to figure out um, what is her leadership style and her personality that's authentic, but that is also um, going to allow her to connect with her employees, staff, stakeholders, et cetera. So I've been coaching her for well over a year. And admittedly, within the first couple of months, um, her executive team were kind of like, what's going on? Um, we want a progress report. And we had a meeting and I encouraged them to lay off that we're working. The process is working. And now I've been, again, working with her for over a year. She has received pay increases. She has scaled the company in many ways. She's speaking on leadership panels um, within and throughout New York City, as well as across the country. She's planning a huge symposium. She's traveling and attending conferences mm -hmm. and thinking about expanding the organization nationally. And she has the full support of her board and she's her most confident, authentic self. Um, <laughs> and it's just beautiful to see where I just yesterday met her in person for the first time ever. She was in California for the first time. And she said, Lakia, can you believe what we've done? <laughs> and I said, yeah, well, yeah, you know, like, of course. But I said, I know it's crazy. 
it's crazy how quickly she grew and shifted and changed. But more than that self-work, the impact it has had on the organization. Wow. Um, now that she has been able to fully see herself and own herself as a leader within this role to develop the relationship with the board, gain their respect and trust, now she can really drive impact for her organization and their mission. And I just love that. So I'd say that is definitely, um, you know, a stellar case example. Absolutely. What industry was she in or is she in? She's within the nonprofit sector and um, she does work around peers. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. What's your educational background? Because I know you, you shared with me earlier, you're from San Bernardino. What's your educational yeah. background? So I went to UC Santa Cruz for undergrad. I have my bachelor's in psychology and legal studies um, from UC Santa Cruz. So go banana slugs. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after undergrad, I thought I wanted to become an attorney. So I started law school. Within my second semester, realized this was not it. So I applied to Columbia School of Social Work, moved to New York, and got my master's in science um, from Columbia University. I started my career um, working in direct practice as a therapist with different populations in New York City, moved to California, did a little bit of work with parolees, and then recognized that direct services work wasn't necessarily for me, that I was more macro and I wanted to impact the system a little bit more. So then I shifted, started working at a tech company, um, moved up to tech company, learned about the network for social work management, my former org, moved to become CEO of that, and then got my doctorate in social work from USC. Woohoo! Well, yeah. I tell you. Fight on. <laughs> <laughs> Fight on, that's right. <laughs> well, listen, uh, you're awesome. Now, for people who are tuning in and they love what they hear and they're saying, oh my God, I love everything you are saying. I want to connect with you, if not for themselves personally, but for, for people they know. How can people find out about you? What are your socials? What's your URL? You said you you are part of a bigger firm. Talk about that as well. Yeah. So the best way to find me is LakiaCherry.com. So L-A-K-E-Y-A-C-H-E-R-R-Y.com or Changemakers of Color. That's my new co um, coaching mastermind group for people of the global majority. And then if you're interested in Evolution, the firm that I belong to, our website is evolution.team. And again, we do coaching, consulting. We also do um, investments and pre-IPO startups. And if you were to contact Evolution, the benefit of a partnership is if I'm not necessarily the best fit for you as a coach, um, we have a roster of other amazing coaches of all races, all identities from around the world that you can interview with to see if you're a good fit for each other. All right. All right. Fantastic. Now, before we sign off, is there one last thing that you would like to say to the folks who are tuning in? Well, I'd like to say first, thank you for listening in, but also, um, Diversity and leadership really does matter. Um, our world is becoming more diverse um, and it's important that we give all people um, access to having a seat at the table um, and opportunities to grow. And our world um, 
and our organizations and systems will be better because of it. And that work first um, starts with ourselves. So it's important for you to interrogate what your beliefs are and to do whatever work you need to do in order to change the systems you're within. My goodness, my goodness. Well, listen, bravo to you. God bless you for the work you do. Thank you. You're awesome. You're a rock star, obviously, of what you do. And uh, brighter days are a hit for you and certainly for the lives that you are touching and the impact you're making and the contribution that you're bringing for us. I just want to just want to really just acknowledge you and high five you for who you are <laughs> and how you're showing up. Thank you, Jerry. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. And to our viewers and listeners, thank you for tuning in today. So until next time, this is Jerry Foster, the Big Brandy Guy, also known as the Brandon Evangelist, signing off. Take care. Jerry Foster here. Thank you so much for listening to my Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. Now, if you, if you are a successful service-based entrepreneur yourself, and you've got amazing expertise, I mean services, skills, talents, and abilities that you offer through your company or yourself, and you've been in business for five, 10 years or more, and you would like to be a guest on this program, I would love to have you. Simply visit jerryfosterbranding.com forward slash brandforwardleadership forward slash apply, and I will certainly check you out and get to know you and so on and so forth. Now, let me just add a couple of other things. Number one, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media for me? And if so, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials, okay? And number two, if you know someone that you feel would be a great guest, someone that I should meet and connect with and so on and so forth, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag BrandFordLeadership because I love seeing your posts. I love guest suggestions. That's how we all grow. That's how we all connect and make it through this world, which are through our relationships and our connections. And lastly, let me throw this in. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. I'm always on the lookout for not only great guests, but great content. And so therefore, because we're always putting great new stuff out, juicy stuff, make sure you don't miss any episodes in the future. So please go ahead and subscribe. And I also love what? I love support. I love love. <laughs> so your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. So if you can find it in your heart, to go ahead and show me that kind of support and love, I would really appreciate it. And on a second note, if you would like to know more about me, the work that I do, simply go to my website at jerryfosterbranding.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook at Jerry Foster Branding or Instagram at Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Okay? Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Again, thanks for listening. Until we see you the next time, take care.